Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth. I'm an intimacy coach and psychologist. I created this show to explore the erotic alphabet, to help you learn more about desire and expressing your desires, discover ways to spice up your relationship and create that sizzling relationship you've always wanted. I do this through solid science, real life stories, and interviews with an exciting variety of sex experts. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create your ideal sexual life. Make sure you join us to access even more sexual strategies on my blog, A to Z of Sex. Access our monthly newsletter with subscriber-only offers at www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of Sex. I'm Dr. Lori Beth, and I am your host. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Today's letter is K, and K is for kinky. Kinky, when it refers to sex, is defined as involving or given to unusual sexual behavior. Kinky behavior has traditionally been underground, but in recent years has entered the mainstream public domain, mostly through the media. (coughs) Today, I am joined by Ms. Max Rules, She's been teaching people about sexuality and kink for the past 25 years. She has participated and supported and educated folk through the national leather community. She has served on the board of the Leather Library, and she had her own kink radio show called The Leather Hour in Houston and Galveston. Welcome to the show, Max. It's good to have you here. Thank you so much, Lori. It's good to be here. So let's start with your definition of kinky. What do you consider kinky to be? Anything out of the usual. And I think for a lot of people, it's really anything that can be attached to sexual excitement outside of the missionary procreating position. Wow, that's a, that's a lovely broad definition. Uh, Yes. So what are the kinds of things that people have brought to you over the years that they wanted information about? What are the most common kinks that you've seen? The surprisingly enough, I think the most request is from males who are interested in cross-dressing. Uh, I think that people seek out, uh, people who are interested in cross-dressing men seek out, say, professional doms or someone who is in the lifestyle because otherwise it is thought that they have to be gay because they like to cross-dress or find uh, pleasure in women's clothing and that is so very far from the truth so i think they seek out lifestyle uh kink people or professional dominatrix because we understand just because you like stockings or pretty underwear it does not equate to your being gay Right. So that's, I mean, that's quite a big deal. And it's quite a big misconception, I think, in the general population that if somebody is interested in cross-dressing, it means that they must 
be gay or or have uh, homosexual desires when in fact um ex- experiences that a lot of um or, or i think the vast majority of cross dressers are actually strongly heterosexual yes and even with people who enjoy anal stimulation it doesn't necessarily mean you want a human male attached to that correct you just accept and understand that it is an erogenous zone it is a place that feels pleasure and it is sexually stimulating and and so that is it's quite clear that it's separate from sexual orientation. And I think it's one of the the mistakes that people make is to associate particular actions and particular activities with orientation. Absolutely. So that's the one, that's the, the most common kink that people have brought to you. What do you think comes in second? I think flogging or corporal punishment comes in a very close second. Uh, I find it's usually associated with something that happened um, in their childhood. They just found that intimate connection of being across a woman's knee, whether it was, you know, a teacher or a schoolmaster it seemed to have uh, done something. Plus, there is that segment that, like the idea of being corrected Mm -hmm. in a private and intimate setting. They enjoy the discipline and the pain, although the degree of the pain varies with the, the person. I mean, it's always interesting to me when we we talk about these things is that often people don't understand that there's so many different things going on in your your garden variety spanking. (laughs) So, you know, for some people, the power exchange is the part that is the the part that is the most erotically stimulating, the part that's the most sexual sexually stimulating for others. It's actually the physical pain. Yes, it is a a bit of an escape from your usual, from your regular. It is, whether it's an hour or two, it's a time when you are not in control. So in your day-to-day life, you may be handling so many problems, so many people, so many issues. And when you are participating in in this as a recipient of this uh, discipline, spanking, or pain. You are not in control. Or it has the illusion of not being in control because actually you're just um, having permission to escape in the fashion that works for you. Yes. I mean, control is always an interesting one because um, how much actual control is given up is is the topic of endless conversation with people who are um, lifestyle folk as to to whether people actually give up full control or there is only an illusion. 
Do you have a view on that? I, I think I think it really is just an illusion because let's face it, this is not say my great great grandmother's uh, submission or slavery. You yeah. can walk out or leave or end the relationship really as you choose. Yes. So it being a choice to quote unquote give up the control by the same token you can take it back whenever you want. Yes, and I think that that is again one of those areas that when people haven't come into contact with kink or BDSM um except for in the media, they have all sorts of myths about. So people get quite frightened um about abuses. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of people, the only exposure they have to it are these films that are done by some person in the garage of their house who really has no idea of what this really is, or you don't see the negotiation mm -hmm. that went into being able to, to have this scene or to do this thing. We do not randomly go out on the street and grab people <laughs> and then start doing all sorts of things to them. But that's the mindset because that's what you see. Yeah. And I, I, people really don't realize exactly how much communication has to happen before any kind of scene is entered into. Um, it's a great deal of communication. I think if, if it's a great deal of communication and I think if vanilla people communicated on that open and honest level, I think those relationships could benefit greatly. I completely agree. And one of the things that I find in working with people is that the big area um, that is a problem initially is that people don't know how to talk about sex. Um, they don't even know where to start to talk about their own desires. Uh, sometimes they don't even know what their own desires are, and that's kind of a separate issue. But um, they don't know how to talk about it, and they think it's supposed to be something that happens, and I, I'm putting quotation marks, naturally. So everybody will just know what to do, and they'll naturally figure it out, and it'll, it'll be fine. And then when things aren't working so well, they're at a loss because they don't know how to talk about it, whereas – people who are in kinky relationships or in all, any kind of an alternative relationship usually have spent far more time talking about their wants, their likes, their dislikes, their no-go zones. So it's, um, it's deceptive. Yes, because when we meet someone, we do not start off the conversation with so what is it you do for a living or what kind of car do you drive mm -hmm. what I want to know is what blows your skirt up you have people who are involved in relationships for quite a long period of time um, the courtship the engagement even the marriage and you have no idea if this person is a match for you on a sexual level. Which, when you think about it, is is obscene. <laughs> Terribly. I mean, and quite frightening. Because, because 
Go ahead. Yes, then you're stuck with this person who quite literally does not turn you on. And that's such a that's such a hard thing for people to get over in a relationship. Um, and some people would wonder, well, gee, why are you even saying people should get over it? Well, you know, many people believe that marriage is permanent. And so they'll work to, to resolve these things to, to be able to get through a lack of sexual attraction is incredibly difficult. It is such a central part of intimacy. It's also why a lot of people have affairs mm-hmm. or go to professional sex workers. And when I say that, I am including dominatrix, even though that usually does not involve an intimate sex act, but it's why people will just seek it someplace else and feel like they are protecting their relationship, their marriage by going over there. And then they don't understand when the other partner is, you're right there, but you're looking for each other. Uh Uh-huh. And one is not present. Yeah. But that also um, speaks to honesty, honesty mm-hmm. in relating to another person. We are so caught up in making sure we don't hurt someone's feelings. And even worse than that is the, the decision to not even show your authentic self for fear of rejection. And that is all too common. That is all too common. People find it infinitely easier to speak to somebody on the internet that they don't know, a total stranger, about their most intimate sexual feelings because there's no risk. Right. You know, if that person rejects me, what do I care? But if my husband rejects me, it's a big deal. Yes. And so they never, I I can't tell you how many relationships I've seen where people have never actually shown up. Yeah, a lot of people don't show up for their own lives, period. True enough. (laughs) And then you just end up with uh, a huge basket of if I could have, should have, would have. And that only brings resentment, and it's just all downhill from there. True enough. I mean, it, I think, so we raised two issues so far, communication, honesty, and authenticity as being key to these relationships. Um, and although not everybody who engages in alternative relationships is authentic within them, I think it is harder to be inauthentic for long. Would you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that. Yes. I'm not quite sure how we got here. I, I understand uh, religion has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how women and men have just been raised to not worry about being honest, not worry about being real, because you're just going to suck it up and go along with the program, because that is what is expected of you. And I don't think we 
as humans have really kept up with all the other amazing things that have happened in our time. We're still stuck in that Pollyanna, puritanical, I've got to be a good girl thing. And that is specific to the female because, you know, with guys, it's, you know, boys will be boys. What's interesting about you saying that is, is that actually it's worse. Um, is a woman called Peggy Ornstein, who's a journalist and a researcher who's been doing work around girls um, and girls' sexuality. Um, her most recent book looked at um, 17 to 21, 21-year-olds. And, mm-hmm. and they say it's worse. It's not now that you have to be seen to be a good girl. It's you need to be hot. But if you're too hot, then you're a slut. And yes. if you're a virgin, then you're also bad. So in once upon a time, if you were a virgin, it was okay. Now, or it was even coveted. Now it's not coveted in, in most communities. Um, it may be the adults may think it is, but not the kids. The, the generation coming up don't know where they are. They just know that it's really hard to be authentic at all in a relationship. But however, they are going out there and exploring to find out. Mm-hmm. And I love it. They are not taking um, anyone's word for it. And, and they've even turned it, actually, I think, into a little kinky thing. Because the female can say, well, I am a virgin. I've not had sex. However, I'm having such a ball with oral sex and anal sex. That's okay. Uh, which I thought was interesting because then you do get this thing that, that, that oral sex isn't sex. You know, that's, that's, yeah. a, that's a legacy from Bill Clinton. Yes, uh, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, you know, somehow oral sex is not sex. The, the, there are positives to that, of course, um, because that people who feel, um, I guess, that way, who define it that way, can still allow themselves some pleasure without giving up their virginity if they feel their virginity is important to save until marriage um well you know the human can rationalize anything yeah (laughs) i think (laughs) i just find it absolutely fascinating it's it still goes on how many years we we passed that um well we're just not past it yet no i don't think so um i don't i don't and i'm not sure what the answer is i mean i i I think I've, i've just written an article about this fact that we don't talk about sex and, and it was like, well, how are we supposed to teach our kids to talk about sex if we don't talk about it as adults? And really the only people that I know who probably now find it easy, nobody ever finds it easy to begin with, but probably now find it easy are those folks in alternative communities who the only way to get your needs met is to have a discussion because otherwise nobody's going to hit on your particular kink Accidentally. But everything, yeah, but everything is is against it. The educational system, you have the whole religious right uh, who actually still believes sex should just be done to make babies. And the woman, even after the 60s, is still not supposed to enjoy it. Well, because yeah. as you stated, she ha- carries that that slut moniker, and there is no term 
for the male slut. No, that doesn't exist. Doesn't he is called a man. Or a player. And everybody yeah. likes a player. Yes. Yeah, uh, it, it is. It is to me. It's quite frightening that we still haven't moved beyond that. Uh, I'm hoping better for more education will improve things. Um, but it's looking like it's really hard to get that education out there. Well, you might be working on better education over there, but I'm afraid it's not happening over on my side of this pond. Yeah. No, I know. I, I, my understanding is, but, but the kids are teaching it each other i don't think it's uh stopping them as much or perhaps that is merely my hope I, yeah i'm i'm not sure um it, certainly the research is not as positive um it's not that they're not going out and exploring they are but they're not having good feelings about it so that's the worrying part um the worrying part of the research that i was reading was that the focus seems to be on performance rather than on enjoyment because that brings the shame yeah, yeah. so that brings me to an interesting question how much do you think Kinks are formed and integrated with shame. A lot more than I would like to say. Mm -hmm. It is very difficult to, to work through generations of it. Mm hmm Even people that I know that have been doing this for years still have not reconciled it with their God. Mm -hmm. They still feel it's a bad thing and I'm going to hell for this. I'm going to do it and I'm going to have a good time. But my soul is, is, is damned, especially. It's fascinating with the group cross-dressers. Mm -hmm. I've not met one yet who does not go through this period. It's called purging, where they just up one day and decide this is bad. I'm going to get back on track, and they throw everything away. A year later, they're back, you know, with their Victoria's Secret catalog. And and it just seems to happen every few years with them. It's interesting to me, and 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 also sad. Um, the one thing that that I hope for people is that they can learn to accept their own desires and feel good about themselves, whatever their desires are. And in fact, I interviewed. Um, Dominic Davies, who's a clinical sexologist over here, and is um, the man responsible for um, PinkTherapy.com, which is the biggest um, gender and sexual diversity organization here for therapists so that um, they provide training for therapists so that they learn how to work with LGBTQ and kinky and poly folk. Um, and he was somebody who um, wrote the first textbooks on how to treat that didn't include trying to 
treat people out of their their preferences and their orientation. Um, and even he was saying that, um, you know, the focus isn't always should be on helping people to not feel that it's a shame of their desires and helping to them to become comfortable with their desires, regardless of what their desires are. So that now there's a shift from whether we think coming out is important to what's really important is making sure that internal acceptance is there. And then, um, he spoke of somebody who coined the idea of inviting people in rather than coming out. So talking to your intimates and inviting them into your life once you've accepted yourself. Um, and it just seems to be a theme that this is still a huge issue for people. It's a huge issue on a much bigger scale. It's not even just about kink in terms of accepting yourself and, and who you are and what you like, just as long as you can find someone else uh, who enjoys that as well. In a broader scheme, people do not accept themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm too fat. My breasts are not big enough. My teeth are not straight enough. Uh, so you have everything just battering the brain constantly that you are not good enough or there is something wrong with you. Hell, if more people just accepted themselves and went along with, what is that saying? God makes no junk. Yep. The entire planet would be better off because if you can accept yourself with your flaws, then you have to do the same with your neighbor just mm -hmm. as long as he doesn't come and pull out his wiener and piss on your lawn. Why should you care if he does that on his? Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that does stem from being able to accept yourself in the first instance, which is so often is a problem. Um, a lot of people, I think, uh, discover resources about kink on the internet. Uh, now we have um, all sorts of ways for people to connect. I mean, people um, like us who are a, a, a bit older than the internet, <laughs> <laughs> just a bit, um, actually had to go out into the world to meet people. Um, yeah. But these days, you know, we have things like FetLife and, and kink.com and um, and the swing on, on the swing set where people go to actually make contact and, and meet people who share their desires. Um, do you think on balance that it's a good thing that those things are there or do you, do you see problems with, with the whole online thing? As with most things, it's a double edged sword. Mm -hmm. I think there is a lot of good with it. However, you have people who do not interact with other human beings. They just stay mm -hmm. behind that keyboard. You have the people who stay behind the keyboard and project some other personality. And that can, uh, we know that that can result in a lot of terrible things because I can say anything on this keyboard. And without your sitting there seeing my body language or looking in my eyes, it makes learning 
about people, very one dimensional. Mm -hmm. And you really need to read body language in order to, to really find out where someone is coming from. So it's a good thing in terms of education. And it's a bad thing because you could be educated in the wrong areas. Yep. Um, I have a question. Each week I ask people if they want to write questions in. And I actually have a question this week, which always thrills me. Um, John wrote in and asked about how he could raise the subject of his desire for kinky sex with his wife. He said that he has had an interest in um, cross-dressing, as a matter of fact, for the past 10 years, um, that he has done it on the sly um, mm -hmm. and has not yet been caught, but he's terribly worried he will get caught. And he also feels awful because he's not sharing his desires with his wife. So when they have sex, he's often fantasizing somewhere else and not completely present. And he wondered if there was a way that he could find to try and raise the subject. Again, we're back at communication. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it has to be slow and subtle. And you can just raise in general conversations. You can ask your partner, you know, have you ever thought about trying anything else? Finding out what they might be interested in. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have to understand it can go either way. But I wouldn't give up after one time mm -hmm. because there is that initial shock of, oh, my God, he's into that, which could be accompanied by, oh, my God. Does he, how does he know I'm into that? Do you, you yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you can ask questions like, have you ever thought about a little spanking? Or that's an awful pretty gown. I really like the way it feels when you lay next to me. Mm -hmm. What would you think? Would you be interested in knowing how that feels? Mm -hmm. So you do have to be ginger about it, you know, kind of take your time. But I would do it at least a few times to uh, find out what your partner really feels about it. I think. And on that, mm -hmm. on that communication thing, I think people have got to risk the rejection initially in relationships and bring their authentic self. I mean, you don't have to hit anybody over the head with it like you're getting ready to go out on a date and you show up cross-dressed. I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. But we need to be more genuine because if you're not, the your partner is not really going into a relationship with you. Yeah. It's not really you. And unfortunately, then when you find that person doesn't through some kind of Vulcan mind meld know where you're coming from, then out of your disappointment comes anger. 
and it's projected toward the other person and it's not their fault. Mm -hmm. You didn't bring yourself to the relationship. And, and that's one of the biggest problems with bringing this up further into the relationship is often not what you've brought up, whatever your kink is, but the fact that you you had this secret from your partner. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you're going to lose them anyway, even if they don't physically pack up and leave. There is a part of, of them that you have broken. Trust is a very delicate flower. And when you have been dishonest in a relationship, it is the equivalent literally of pushing someone away. Mm-hmm. And even if they come back, they do not come back to that place where they were. That's true. That, that hurt stays there for a long time, no matter how wonderful someone and forgiving they think they are. We can forgive, but the forgetting is impossible. I I think that it is incredibly difficult to repair uh, broken trust in relationships. There are ways to do it. They take a lot of work, um, a lot, a lot of work, usually a lot of work with a therapist. Um, Yes. But but it is very, very hard. And sometimes people do work. They, they're willing and they go and they work in therapy and they, the relationship still falls apart because they don't come back from that breach of trust. And right. I, I can hear some people thinking, well, how is this a breach of trust? It's a breach of trust because you owe your intimate partner your authentic, intimate self. Right, right. That way. Another uh, to the question that John asked they have a lot, literally a lot of games that you can purchase online that require that you do interesting little sex things with your partner. And that is another way to perhaps ease into something a little bit more exciting. Mm-hmm. And start the conversation in a way that doesn't put either of you on the spot. Right. And absolutely, if you do not get the response you are looking for, you cannot get angry or discouraged at your partner. Because after all, you didn't bring the truth in the first place. And so that's something that you need to be considering and working with. Um, um, so from that, I encourage people to be bringing things up at an early stage in a relationship. If you're not out discovering these desires together, if this is right, bring to a relationship, this is something you need to disclose to your partner relatively early on so that they don't feel that you have kept all of you from them. Right. Or even if it's just left open. When you join with someone, it's okay, we are going on this adventure together of life. Uh, Can our sex life be adventurous too? I should hope so. 
I mean, we change, we grow. And to try to keep sex in this cute little Christian box just it doesn't work. It doesn't work for anyone. Now, they may keep it a secret that it's not working. But it just cannot work. Everything has to evolve and change and grow and and go forward. And if you're not doing that, you're you're going backwards or you're stagnant. And no, stagnant stagnant doesn't last. Stasis doesn't exist. It's not going forward. You will eventually go backward. Yes, or go find someone else. Exactly. Um, so before we wrap this up, can you tell the listeners how they can find you if they'd like some of your advice? Uh, yes. Uh, my email is mismaxrules at gmail.com. And that's M-Z-M-A-X-R-U-L-Z at gmail.com. And they can just drop you a note. Just sure. Just drop me a line. I'd be more than happy to help in any way I can. And if I don't have the answer, I think I know where to go find it. Brilliant. Thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted. Thanks for joining me this week for the A to Z of sex. Write in with your questions to Dr. Lori Beth at a to Z of sex.com. That is A T O Z or Z O F S E X.com. Visit both websites, www.a to Z of sex.com and www.the-intimacy-coach.com to learn about alternative sexual choices, types of sexual relationships, and to learn to sizzle and create that ideal lasting intimate relationship. For a free 30-minute session with me, head over to www.adozofsex.com and click on the button that says Book Now. I hope you'll join me next week when the letter will be L. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the A to Z of Sex. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes and make sure you head over to www dot a to z of sex dot com that's a t o z o f s e x to subscribe to my free newsletter to help you keep your sex life sizzling stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes as we work our way through the sexual alphabet to discover the wide world of sex sexuality desire and intimacy Knowledge gives you the power to create relationships that bring you satisfaction and joy. Hope to see you next week.